This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk fishing, boating and the great outdoors and of course the great indoors, Redmond, with uh, with COVID-19. Um, we tried to not mention it, but it's just clearly uh, invaded every part of our lives at the moment. You've got a few quick statistics you want to jump straight into because we're not yes. messing about this morning. Morning, Patrick, and uh, I'm a little bit dry this morning. Just a little bit dry. A couple of Jamisons last night. And just to let you know, the alcohol consumption is up around that 70% in Australia Not sure because of the COVID-19. I'm about 91%. I'm up. <laughs> You're up on your own. Are you a couple of Quintrexes for yourself? Uh, I'm not sure I'd be commenting on um, alcohol given... <laughs> Few issues Stay within the competition this weekend, uh, this week, yes. Redmond. It, um, well, everyone is at home. Is it, it home? is. And, and Jamison bottles storage is nearly on a low now. Now, what is also at a low, Redmond, the, uh, the COVID-19 cases, and we've consistently talked mm. about flattening the curve. The curve is flattening. And clearly the conversation for Victorian fishos at the moment, we understand we are a, a national fishing show and we go right around the country. But we're complaining as Victorians because at the moment every other state um, has some level of accessibility to fishing. Yes. Uh, except Victoria. And there's a couple of really interesting sort of um, sort of pieces to unpack here because as the, the curve flattens and we see a real uh, reduction in COVID-19 cases, it, the conversation becomes around... When is it right to relax the fishing and boating um, restrictions in Victoria? And when can we get back to, if it's just fishing in your region, when can we actually get back to that? Um, And Boating Industry Association of Victoria CEO Steve Walker had this to say and a plea towards uh, government officials. We've been talking about the big four reasons why we think this should take place. The first one relates to national consistency. And we feel confident if the chief health officers and the premiers and territory leaders around the country feel that boating and fishing are suitable and safe activities, we certainly hope and feel that that should be the case here in Victoria. The second main reason relates to industry, to jobs, and basically, Premier, to survival. There are thousands of jobs that are hinging on boating and fishing getting back underway. The third reason relates to exercise. And for many people, boating and fishing, it is their exercise. And certainly, if it's not their physical exercise, it's their mental wellness remedy. The fourth reason of the big four is that there's evidence that it can be done safely. 
We believe that people are now becoming more and more aware of the, of the, of the distancing requirements, the gathering requirements, of the hygiene and cleanliness requirements, and they will be compliant. Bit time packed there, Redmond. Mm. Uh, four reasons. National consistency, industry jobs and survival. Which is us two. Yep, uh, clearly that's, that's affected a huge amount of people. I know tackle, world, uh, tackle stores all around Australia are... There's thousands of people. Suffering greatly. But fuel stations, people aren't going to Portland for accommodation now. It's, it's yep. massive right around the whole the whole uh, state. Yep. You don't think East Gippsland yep. um, and all these fire-affected towns have been well and truly but even, hammered. Even in Vic Fisheries, like just people that monitor our waters, people have been put off like yep. certain places. But yeah, there's one more as well, uh, Pat. Two more. Exercise oh, and mental health, which is clearly a big one because yep. for, for many fishers there uh, and... You'd agree with this, Redmond. Mm. They're not super interested in going for a bit of a jog in the morning. Right. Their their reprieve from you know life and work life balance is going out for a fish. And then number four, the evidence that it can be done safely. And we have seen this in other states. We spoke to um, Scotty Coglin Scotty, a few yep. weeks ago uh, from Western Angler around how Western Australia are doing it. They're doing it really well. And right around the country, we haven't seen too many cases where where people are getting in trouble uh, and flouting the rules around staying in your region and only fishing there, which has been bloody sensational to see. So the the more appropriate question now is, when can we get back to fishing in Victoria? To back towards the mental side of it. Now, my most hated statement when I'm fishing, including with yourself, because you say this too, and you I know what all the time. you know what I'm about to say yep. is, it's good just to be out here. And I reckon it is the most common, other than saying, is that, is that a bite? I think it's the most common <laughs> saying on a vessel in any water around the world. Uh, I, I it's say it's it, just good to be out here. I say it 20 times. I hate I, it. <laughs> it's not good to be out here. I want to catch it. Nah, it is. And I understand when people say it. And a very good friend of mine, including uh, yourself as well, but Robbie Hargraves, a good friend of mine. Yep. He says it all the time. Oh, it's good just to be out here, as, And it kills me. And that goes back to the mentality of it. He's... He's still working, which yep. is uh, he works on the wharf, and he just says now all he wants to do is go for a fish because when he comes home, it's not like the kids are at training or anything like that. He comes home from work and it's back to work again, basically full time at the house with the kids. So he just he just says, "I just want to go out there. I just want to go." Just a message out. to Robbie quickly, mate. We're not don't we're not giving you sympathy, mate. Everyone's <laughs> got kids at home. He just wants to go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I, this is where I first agree with the statement. It's good to be at where I've actually gone righto. Maybe it is just good, good to, to be out, out there. But, but I reckon we knew. I, I reckon they're going to play this in a few different parts. Now, I know Tassie had a massive uh, rule book come out on how they're going to approach it. Yep. And I reckon Victoria are going to stick close by that. And some of the guidelines were uh, making it regional. Uh, so making fishing regional. So I so don't know how. From, if you're from Altona, you can only fish there. Yeah, I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know how far you can travel. I, I don't know. I don't Cause, know. Because you can, you can launch at Werribee. But you can be fishing in Barwon Heads because you drive out through the heads. But you're obviously not but coming what into close to, proximity to other people. And and uh, the travel, so on land. Yes. So the petrol station. That, so the, the fella leaves from Altona and travels to the first BP just to fill his car up. Oh, crap, I'm low on fuel. And gets to Queenscliff and fills the boat up again or grabs a bag. Of, oh, crap, I've got the pillies. And, and that makes sense to me. It does to me. And I'm, I've been saying this. And as a person who is... Uh, Prone could be prone to the coronavirus. Like I, I could go to that bait shop yep. where that, a few people, and that could really kill me as well as the elderly in Queenscliff. Yep. And I'm not, and, and I've been all for the ban to an extent, and that comes back to the rules that we're speaking about. I think it could have been done differently. Whether you fish 
two per person, which Tassie have done, gone by those uh, guidelines, or your family, direct contact, obviously. Yep. Uh, another key one is sunrise to sunset. Now, people go, oh, why can't you fish overnight? It's not. I don't think it's to do with fishing overnight. It's to stop people from staying in places. So, for example, if you go to Portland, they want you to be fishing by sunrise, sunset. You're not allowed to stay in caravan parks. Yep. So that's going to force people to stay home. So not stay home, sorry, to stay locally in their yep. region. So whether it's a regional thing is in Altona, it's classified as they can come to Queenscliff. I don't. How big's a region? Do you do it as yeah. postcode? I don't. Do, I don't po- know. Yeah. Maybe postcode to your closest boat ramp. Yeah, is it? And that's all you've got. Like, I think if they're going to relax the rules, then that makes sense because what we've seen right around, we've seen this in Singapore, who have handled it incredibly well. When there's a relaxing of the rules, all of a sudden there's a spike. There's going to be naturally a spike. So, from my understanding, it's not being worried about the the spiking cases. Like that's going to happen. It's just doing it and spreading it out over a large number of. Um, Months, yep. because if everyone were to get it at once, the healthcare system would collapse. So it's not so much the the frightened aspect of more cases; it's just making sure it's over a long period of time, so the healthcare system doesn't get smashed, and everyone can, you know, nurses and doctors and those frontline facing COVID nineteen can have the appropriate resources to be able to combat it. So. I think it makes sense to me if it were to be relaxed at some stage, and I think that time is coming. I think we're going to see that within the next month. Where could be tomorrow, could be in four weeks. I'm hoping it's sooner than later, though. Yeah, I, I think I truly believe it's going to be within the next month. Yep. Um, yep. I think it's going to they're going to relax it. They're going to keep it within region, and I think that makes sense. Um, and then we'll be allowed to go back, go out and fish. I, I but it, it's like anything. If people um, take the piss with it then oh. we're going to lose it. Mm. So everyone's going to lose it. So if and when they do do it, don't, Blow don't your go against yeah. it. Yeah, because you're ruining it for everyone. Uh, I think the biggest one, the biggest factor to take out of that before we move on is how they're going to do it, like as in the regional side of it. How big is a region? I think that's the biggest question, Pat, because the travel is the one that thing that they're trying to stop. So they're trying to stop you from going to the service station, to the petrol station, and uh, sorry, to the bait station, whatever you need to buy. They're trying to stop that. So I yep. think that is the key to take out of what is going to come. Uh, and whether, like I said, it's Portland is the region, that that's a specific region, whether Queenscliff's a certain region, whether Western Port on the other side of Western Port's a certain region, because we've got to start thinking about the places, if we do regionalise it, and they want to bring back the, uh, the industry jobs, it's not going to help that as much as well, is it? Because people can't go to Gippsland and spend their money at the Marlow Caravan Park yep. or they can't go to Malakuta where they were fire affected massively. So on how they're going to do it is going to be a really, really big question. But during the week, I also seen you... Can I say tin ass on this show? Because I'm going to say it. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Paul Worsling, good friend of the show. Uh, you headed up to Mission Beach with him a few years ago. I did. And yep. take us through the story. He shared this on his YouTube platform. He did. So you can see the entire uh, episode on the iFish yep. YouTube um, channel. We went to Mission Beach, invited me up, uh, which was great. Fished with Dennis Daly from Fish and Mission, who we have spent plenty of time with and we filmed with uh, last year, Redmond. So went up there and we were chasing GTs and as we experienced last year, they're a bloody hard fish to catch and they're a frustrating fish. But I managed to hook one and because the whole thing was filmed, obviously, um, it was quite extraordinary. I What I hooked was a GT, but I hooked a jig that was attached to the GT. I hooked 
to hook rather than my hook <laughs> to the fish's mouth. And the whole thing was caught on video. And because there's underwater GoPros, there's actual pictures you can see of the hook <laughs> to hook. And to this day, it's still the most incredible catch that I've been a part of. And then the best later, part of the story. <laughs> then later that night, we actually went back to where we were staying, the accommodation at um, South Mission Beach. And then we got talking. And then this guy came up and said, you know, I wanted to get a photo with Paul. He was one of his heroes. And uh, we got talking about GTs. And we, oh, yeah, we told him the story. He's like, what sort of, um, what sort of jig was it? It wasn't an orange uh, Majico, I think it was, he said. And we said, yeah, it was an orange Majico. And then we asked him about the colour of the, um, the hooks. And he's like, red? Yep. What, uh, what pound line was it? And he, he nailed every bit. He goes, mate, I lost that jig last week. <laughs> and this is dead serious. It's a, it's a great episode if you're interested uh, in watching it. Head to, to iFish's YouTube channel. And it was just one of the most surreal experiences. And this guy was an absolute character. Do you, do you classify um, as a catch? Absolutely, as a case. It was just unbelievable. So, one of the one of the great locations, and it sort of gets you thinking around just those real tin ass catches that you've had throughout your life. Is there anything that comes to mind when it comes? Because you've obviously caught some incredible no, fish I've, over your time. I've always said uh, with one one I have caught. I caught that harpuka, which is a deep sea fish on that tuna lure, a juvenile harpuka. That was like six years, eight years ago, and that was on a lure, which is a like, what are you doing here, mate? Well, I didn't know what it was because it was juvenile too. I don't even have seen bigger ones. So anyway, I posted on the old Facebook and found out it was the juvenile harpooka. But anyway, but what I'll, what, why does all this stuff happen? I fish every day <laughs> other than COVID-19. <laughs> I never have anything happen to me as in like tin ass, basically. Look, that doesn't happen to me. I'll be fishing the grass beds and I'll get whiting... All the, we get whiting all the time there. Then a guy will come out, and go, oh, the ramp. Oh, see you next year. I got a six kilo snapper. I've never caught one there. Like, how does things like that happen? And my, my or question- went out and caught. Oh, I caught a rod that you know, <laughs> it had a uh, a stellar attached to it, and it would you know, it was brand new. <laughs> well, it's one of those things that never happens to me. And I don't know if I'm just fishing too technical, where it's just always like down to the to the centimetre. Everything's got to be right. Where people just go, oh, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that, and they just Mate, something nev- comes past. Never underestimate the the. Uh, the option of, oh, this looks fine. Let's give it a go. Give it five minutes. <laughs> you sit there for two hours. Dangerfield special, that one. <laughs> uh, just, just going back to the fishing side of it, Pat. I don't know if you've seen during the week, Jez Cameron, uh, GWS star, landed his first yellowfin tuna out of Sydney. And I know Al McGlashan was punching out there, I think this morning or yesterday. I didn't actually see if he ended up with some fish. But from Sydney to Batesman's Bay is a massive run of yellowfin tuna at the moment. The commercial guys are doing really well, but they're in reach of the wreck anglers, which is a great, great thing. When you say in reach of the wreck anglers... If you can afford fuel. <laughs> How far is Jez, that? I spoke to Jez, and he had to travel around 35 miles. So we're talking 70, 70 to 80 days. days. Yeah, but it could yeah. be more, could be less, depending on what angle you're going. And, well, you're uh, getting out there, and then you've got to... Find the fish. Troll for them. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and... Some of the fish are beautiful, though. Up towards 80 kilos, some of them. They're one of the most beautiful looking oh, fish. The yellow sickles off the sides. Is, oh. And they say that they will pull a bluefin backwards. They say that. I've never caught a big one I'm to argue sure. that. Yeah, yeah. I've, caught, I've caught them up to 20 kilo. I've never... I don't know. People say they do. And it's like when you get into arguments around Samson fish uh, versus amberjack versus... Like, are they the same fish? <laughs> Nearly are. They look the same. But uh, they... um, the, the run of them is insane to see. It's... it's to be honest with you, it was scary to see where the yellowfin tuna stocks were, and to see this 
fishing so well that we can't unfortunately go up there. But beautiful size fish, up to 80 kilo. I know Jez got his on the stick bait, which is awesome. So he was casting to him. It's his first one on a stick bait. That's, That's about as good as it gets. And that comes down to the old tin ass comments again because <laughs> the old Jez, I don't know. I'd like to see how he goes on the old stick bait casting. Uh, we've got a huge show of real adventures coming your way this morning. We're catching up with Shane Mensforth. He's going to take us to Salmon Territory, Redmond. Grizzly bears, Atlantic salmon, Chinook salmon, some of the biggest fish you could ever possibly imagine, and his journeys to there. He had planned to go this year, and I think that's going to be on I the cards. I heard he fought a bear. Uh, but we're chatting <laughs> to him a little later in the show. We've got the social club coming up after the break, all happening here this morning on Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the Social Club where we answer your questions from social media. Make sure you're joining the conversation on our Real Adventures Facebook, Instagram or Twitter pages. Redmond, the first one for you. The first targeted species post-lockdown from Lockie Oliver. Lockie, I reckon if we can travel... I'm going to have to go get a barrel bluefin, I think, if we can travel, depending. But you're, you're itching at the moment. I well, want to be the Chances are that's yep. not going to be possible just, to travel out of your location. I think it's early. just going to have to be the stock standard. I can't go past it, Patrick. I reckon you can guess what it is. The whiting. The whiting. The whiting. So I think it's going to be whiting, Lockie. I think it's going to be the best bet for myself just because it is so good to eat, but they're also so fun to catch. But if I get some nice offshore weather, it might be those bluefin might still be out there. It'd be nice to see if they're still out there. So a bit of research maybe might be the key as well. Maybe a couple of things in one day. You might go offshore for a gummy shark because you know they're going to be there. And while you're out there, you might do a bit of travelling for half an hour to an hour to look for some signs to see if those bluefin are out there to set yourself up for the next week or so. So, yeah, it would be a lot of thinking before that. What, what do you reckon you'd target, Patrick? Uh, it'll be straight off mogs and I dare say it's probably just snapper or flathead, nice and close and... Just maybe dying, tuna. Just dying to get out maybe. there. Well, there's been great tuna off there. Like we'd really miss the the kingfish run this year, just with the timing of the yeah. lockdown. So and the tuna distracted people from from it. the kingfish as well. So I'd love to love to f- get out there and chase those, but it just depends sort of what's happening with the water. Like you don't oh, know until you actually get out there. I got no idea what's going on out there until you actually get out there and experience it. Patrick, this one. I don't know if you've done this. Have you done this? Brett has asked. <laughs> you can ask the question. I know, but first. I just got excited. Brett has asked the best way to get the petrol smell out of carpet. An ex-friend has put $50 worth into my rod holder. <laughs> have you done that? <laughs> An ex-friend. I actually have done that. <laughs> I, I, Well, so the first time I... Don't uh, try and justify it. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I, when I was living in South Australia, I bought a, a beautiful 6.3 metre smuggler. You love that boat. I loved it. That, like, if I could find it again, if anyone's got a smuggler out there, 6.3 metres. willing to pay. Please, <laughs> get in contact with me because it's still the boat that I look at. It's, it's just something about it, the lines of it. It is just a gorgeous boat. Um, and it had a uh, an inboard. And one day I, I'm, yeah, you know, <laughs> forgot the bungs. And I don't know if you realise, Redmond, but if there's one sort of boat that you don't want to forget the bungs with... It's an, an inboard, inboard boat, yeah. <laughs> where the engine sits. It, it tends to cost you four grand, um, as it did me. So <laughs> back the boat in. I had a few teammates with me at the moment, walking back down the ramp. I'm like, "Geez, it's sitting low in the ass of the boat. What's going on here?" <laughs> anyway, I see it and I'm like, "Holy shit!" The back <laughs> of the boat, like it's probably half a foot underwater. So I know where the motor is. You know, there's salt water through it. I jump in the boat, grab the bungs, and I dive out of the boat in into the 
you know, push the bunk back in. We bring the boat back up on the trailer. Somehow got it back up. I just had an old crappy Ford Falcon that I was the, using to tow it. I'm sure it was well over in terms of the weight capacity, especially with half a ton of water in it. <laughs> and the whole thing smelt of petrol, um, which may have meant there was a you know a, a leak in the tank. <laughs> um, petrol and oil. Um, how did I get rid of it? Well, I ended up refurbishing the boat. That's how I got rid of it. So we stripped all back the fiberglass. Put it inboard back in it? Yeah, and it's just salvage it, but... Um, yeah, it was never quite the same. But I end up stripping the whole boat back, so I don't quite have the answer for that. Do you? Do you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> All right, Tim Hunter. Uh, what's the one accessory you can't deal with out in a boat? Accessory. So accessory. not engine or anything like that? Not your engine, yeah. Uh, I'm going to nearly go probably anchor winch, <laughs> to tell you the honest truth. I was actually thinking the same thing. Like if, if you know where you're fishing, so you don't – like your sound is less important – or like clearly the sound is your most yeah. important, but if it wasn't Between a sounder, it's saving you. As user friendly, I'm going to anchor winch. As in catching more fish, probably an anchor winch because it, <laughs> it probably makes you more active. So you sit on the water and you can't be bothered moving. It makes you move, but I don't know. Between the anchor winch and the sonar. We'll go with Between we'll go the anchor winch and the anchor winch. <laughs> that wraps up the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our social media pages. Our Real Adventures Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now it's time for our dream boating destinations. Thanks to Club Marine. Insure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Our dream boating destination this morning, Redmond, is Weeper in Queensland. No doubt it is one of the most picturesque and beautiful locations when it comes to, to fishing. Not necessarily picturesque in some parts of Weeper because it is a, a mining town so it's not totally beautiful everywhere but it is on the Cape York Peninsula and when it comes to fishing Redmond it is as good as it gets Oh, it's I haven't been here and we've actually had Lee Rayner on the show who gave us a pretty good insight of how good the fishing is but you've got the rivers and the creeks up there which you'll find Barramundi, Mangrove Jack You've got king and blue salmon, finger mark, queenfish, all sorts of trevally in there as well. So that's just in the rivers and the creeks, Pat. That's not even getting out wide yet. It's got beautiful beaches you can fish off. And once again, you've got you to get your tides right. Up there, massive tidal flow, tidal movement, sorry. Yep. So your barramundi fishing is really, really good. Salmon again. You've got your giant herring up there. Queenfish, they are in big numbers. And then you've got your offshore reefs too, which is... Yeah, as good as fishing gets, basically. You've got your coral trout, red emperor, you've got finger mark, and basically you have a lot of things that you will not see that you will hook. So plenty of big fish up there and definitely a place that we need to go, Pat. When it comes to uh, getting a charter, if you're interested in visiting Weeper, uh, there's weeperfishingcharters.com.au, there's Weeper Sport Fishing, uh, there's a Tackle World Weeper, so if, you wanna, if you're on your a holiday or whatever once we are allowed to do that. If you've towed um, the boat up there for 19 days. <laughs> ex- exactly right. There's weeper fly fishing um, and, and many more because clearly it's such a fishing mecca. I went there in early 2000s with mum and dad and we went off on a fishing charter there. One of the great it's experiences. That's tw- 20 years ago. Early 2000s? <laughs> no, it was 2004. So do you want to justify it? How old are you now? Thirty? Just had your birthday. Anyway, Weeper is our dream boating destination for this morning. Club Marine is Australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis, and now you can win the dream with Club Marine. 
Club Marine members have the chance to win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a Northbank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 slash 33208. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard for Dometic. Keep food and drinks chilled with the Dometic CIB 26 insulated cooler bag. Our special guest this morning is none other than Shane Mensforth from SA Angler Magazine. Good morning, Shane. Thanks for joining us on Real Adventures. Morning, Rads. How are we? No, not too bad. It was a... Well, not as well as Shane, given in SA at the moment. They can fish over there. We've been following your socials, your SA Angler socials, and just getting up in the mornings and going for a bit of a fish, Shane, getting dinner and then back home. Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm fortunate to live about 30 seconds from the water, so pack a rod, walk across the road, catch a few yellowfin whiting, come back, clean them up and have them for breakfast. Not a bad way to be. I reckon I've asked you this before, Shane, uh, and for those who do follow you on social media, you can see that you did catch some beautiful whiting during the week, but you said they were sand whiting, uh, or the yellowfin whiting as you call them. Comparison to King George whiting eating-wise, uh, I've never eaten one before, have you? Well, I reckon that, uh, to be honest, they're better than, than King George Watt. Um, yeah, in fact, they're my favourite fish to eat. There's no doubt about that. They're just wonderful fish. And we get them pretty good size, up to 40-odd centimetres here too. And they're, they're big, they're full of meat, and they're really, really sweet. They freeze well. They're just the ultimate fish for the table, I think. Shane, anyone that's uh, purchased or has a subscription to SA Angler would understand that you've used poppers for them before as well. What do you like? How do you like chasing them when you do get up and, uh, and catch a feed? Well, it depends on, on the time of year, mate. Like at the moment, the water's cooling off a bit, and they're not on the top so much. So I've just been using frozen bloodworms for the, you know, with a running rig on the bottom. You know, we're only fishing, in, you know, sort of 40, 50 centimetres of water. Uh, but when the water warms up, for sure, they are up on top looking. And then we use use lures, which is obviously a lot more fun. But just to adapt to the water temperature, and you, you'll always catch a feed here. Shane, I was up in uh, the south coast of New South Wales. Uh, earlier in the year, and we went down to, you know, it might be a little bit different to South Australia, but we, wa- we walked down to, uh, I think it was one of the Tartha Inlet down that way, and in the shallows there, you could just see the sand whiting in plague proportion, so they were literally all over the sand in shallow there. Silly question, but can you catch those fish? I know you're in a different location, but is that how you're targeting them as well, by seeing them in the shallow water and putting your baits in front of the schools, or is it, I don't like, it just seemed to me that it was like it was too, we weren't actually fishing for them. Uh, we could just see schools of them. So is it as easy as that as walking down and catching them when you can see them or are you actually working hard for them or will, will those fish tend to not feed? Well, I reckon that generally if, if we see them in big numbers, uh, we don't tend to do as well as if there, is there just some small pods around. I'm not sure why that is. But, uh, yeah, we you know, just, just fish over the flats without really looking too much. Sometimes you'll see them. But when there's big mobs like that, we just don't seem to do so well. And I don't know why. I know what one thing would have worked, Paddy, is a big cast net. I don't know if that's legal in New South Wales. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it is. Now, Shane, the reason we were really keen to get you on this morning, other than uh, chewing the fat and obviously talking fishing, but a few years ago uh, you ventured over to Alaska, and we've spoken about this before, but it's truly one of the great fishing locations around the world. And uh, We're going to get you to revisit uh, that story for us because once everything opens back up, 
it's one of the most picturesque places on earth and, and still is for obviously the Alaskan locals, but for those looking to venture and uh, you know, chase salmon overseas, it is just about as good as it gets. It is, but in fact, it's my favourite place on earth to go fishing. I first went there back in 2012, and I've been there three times since. The last time I was there was with uh, Paul and Christy Worsling when they filmed for TV. And uh, sadly, I was supposed to be heading back there in July this year, but that's looking uh, pretty unlikely at this stage. But I, I, I just love the whole experience. First of all, getting there from uh, from Adelaide is a bit of a chore. You've Adelaide, Melbourne, Melbourne, LA, LA, uh, Seattle, Seattle, Anchorage, Anchorage, King Salmon, King Salmon to the light. So you're doing six flights. Now you're in the air for about 23 hours all up. But once you get there, mate, it's well and truly worth it. It's just a magnificent place. Even Anchorage itself is beautiful before you head out to the lodge. In terms of the, the accommodation to stay over there, um, a true Alaska lodge is where you stayed last time, if I'm correct? Yeah, to Alaska Trophy Adventures Lodge. Yeah, it's on the Alignac River, which is a it's a fair flight from. Uh, oh, I the city you've got to go from Anchorage to a small settlement called King Salmon, and then it's a float plane from there. So, yeah, it, it's it's remote. You don't see anyone else while you're there. Uh, but uh, one of the reasons it's so pristine is the remoteness. It's just a, just a magnificent place, mate. There's bears and there's moose and there's wolves and all sorts of stuff all over the place. And it's just a true wildlife experience. It's just wonderful. When you go over there, uh, clearly the best way to see it and fish it would be guided. I'm assuming that's how you've seen it because obviously local knowledge is one thing when you're fishing in a location, but when you're fishing in uh, a remote country where there are you know, grizzly bears and, <laughs> and serious wildlife around you, it just adds another element to it. It does, mate. I wouldn't feel safe or secure fishing it by myself. Uh, logistically, it'd be a nightmare to try and do it, but yeah, look, the guides they have at the lodge uh, are permanent guides. They know they know where, where to go. They know, know what to do, what not to do, when it's safe and when it's not safe. And as long as you uh, take notice of what they're saying, you, you, know, you, you fish in safety and you, and you fish really well. So uh, just make the most of the whole experience. You mentioned going over there with uh, Paul and Chrissy Worsling. Is it a place you could potentially take sort of young teenagers that are into fishing and family, or is it more one of those more adult-type fishing expeditions? Uh, it's very much a family uh, option if, if that's the way you want to go. The facilities are great. Um, the safety aspect is, is first class. And uh, yeah, like I, I, a couple of times I've been there, there have been uh, mum, dad, and the kids um, from all over the world. We had some Italians and some Germans last time. Yeah, no, it's very much a family orientated place if you want it to be, or just with the, with, the, with the mates. And however you'd like to play it, it's comfortable enough and it's safe enough. Now take us through it, Shane, the fishing side of it. How many species of fish can you catch and different species of salmon also? And um, you were obviously fly fishing most of the time as well? Yeah, you can spin fish or fly fish. I, I fly fish because I, I love that. But there are five species of salmon. Uh, there are rainbow trout. There are lake trout. Uh, there are pike available. Uh, grayling. Um, what else are there? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. But uh, the five species of salmon, of course, are the are the, uh, the big draw cards. That's what I go there for. Uh, what are those? And, uh, sorry, sorry. No, you go. Sorry. Yeah, they're, they're the smaller salmon are pinks. Then there are the um, sockeyes. Uh, there are silvers. There are uh, oh, 
tell the others, oh, the chums and the big ones are the kings, and they, they grow to 60, 70 pounds, the kings. And they're, what's, they're the main draw card. What's 70 pound in size, as in centimetres? Like, how big is this fish? Is it nearly a metre long? Oh, it's well over a metre long, mate. <clears throat> the best I've caught was one we estimated at 42 pound, and that was uh, about a metre 20. So, you know, they're, they're, mm. they're big fish, and they're deep, and they're solid, and they're just full of fight in the, in the fast-running water. Going to test your knowledge here, Shane. Uh, salmon are clearly one that, that migrate. Um, are these the species that um, basically once they go up, spawn and die? So at at one stage during the um, during the year, you're going to see a whole lot of dead salmon as they go up and spawn, and then that's their life cycle complete. That's correct, mate. All all five of the species <clears throat> come back to the river they were born in to spawn and end their life cycle and if you're there in July as we normally go late July early August there are a lot of dead fish um, uh, and the bears obviously die out on those but yeah they, they come back into the same river they were born in after being at sea for quite a while and uh, yeah they spawn and they die which is, sounds pretty tragic but it all works well and the, the population is very very healthy and steady Eating quality Shane of these fish so you obviously target them for sport as well but do you get to take one to eat? Is it? Is it? Are they well yeah, worth eating? Yeah yeah well, yeah, well, in fact, at the lodge, um, several of the meals that you have during your week-long stay are based on salmon. Yep. Um, and these, they catch the, the ones that are fresh into the river, straight out of the sea, so they haven't been in the river and start to change colour. They're nice and silver, and they're the ones that you eat. Yeah, we have them uh, in all sorts of different ways. They actually have a cookout one day out on, on the river, they catch one and cook it, which is great. No, they're wonderful to eat. They're just really good. What about time of the year to, to go there and explore, Shane? Is there a preferred time of the year to to attack it? I open the lodge, I think, probably in, in May, and it goes through till, uh, I think, late September. We like to go near the end of July because that's when all five species are in the river together. Yep. They don't all come in at once. You know, the, uh, the, um, the pinks come in first and then followed by other, other species at different times, but there's a bit of an overlap in July when all five species are in the river together. So it gives you the best chance of catching the Grand Slam, and that's where we like to go. <laughs> uh, Shane, wrapping up on the Alaskan adventure, closer to home, you've had your Bar Crusher Centre console for, I'm assuming, well over six months now. Have a bit of a report card on how it's gone. You've gone from the hard top with clearly um, great coverage in terms of all-weather protection to something a bit more open but more fishable. How have you found the bar crusher? Mate, I've never loved a boat so much as I have this one. And that's not just, uh, you know, I try to give bar crusher a big plug. It's, it's because this, this boat offers so much more fishability. Uh, I've used it for lure casting, uh, for, for bait fishing, for trolling. We've used it for everything in the six months I've had it. And it's just wonderful. Do you, you fish three, it's, it's a three-person boat. Whereas probably the, uh, the 780 monitoring fours, there's a little bit less room in this one, but the accessibility to the front and the sides is just wonderful. Uh, as I said, I've never enjoyed fishing out of a boat as much as I have this one. Santa Consoles, Redmond, might be your next purchase. Hope you've got a warm stormy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shane, thank you so much for joining us on Real Adventures this morning, talking through uh, SA Angler Magazine, fishing from home and, and, uh, and capturing a feed in the mornings. Uh, to venturing out to Alaska. Appreciate your time. No problem, boys. Let's get this footy happening again, Paddy. <laughs> oh, yes, you're telling me. <laughs> it's time for Red's review. A bit of a book review this week, Redman. Yeah, sort of steered clear from any sort of boating accessories and a bit more of a culinary 
point. I do love cooking fish. It's probably, well, not fished anything in general, but in this case, we're going to be talking about fish. And Sammy Goodwin got me onto this, good friend of the show. Who's basically our uh, official or unofficial Real Adventures <laughs> chef. Go he does on. chop us out. Uh, this book is called The Whole Fish Cookbook by Josh Neeland. And basically, it's new ways to cook, eat, and think about fish. Yep. And what he's covering in this book is stuff that, I believe we shouldn't even know. <laughs> it's that much in depth of the way we can use these fish to get the benefit out of the fish as in for health reasons, but also not wasting the fish as well. Because he talks a lot about using the entire fish, doesn't he? That's, that, and that's, that's the, his thing. And that's the name of the book, The Whole Fish Cookbook, and it's literally The Whole Fish. And it's when I say it's a book, it's not just a recipe book. It's an informative book with recipes as well. So basically, it's about uh, covering dry-aged fish, cured, smoked fish, and the gross part, the offal. And I don't. I should read a recipe out for one of the offals, but we'll stay away. Which is the guts of the fish. <laughs> it's the yuck part of the fish. <laughs> but like I said before, it's an inform- informative book to teach you about what you're eating, uh, how, how to source your fish as well for your palate as well. So what I mean by that is every species of fish we eat, Pat, depending on where it comes from, is how it actually has its flavor and taste. Now, we've been eating these oysters from the mimosa oysters from... Uh, the south coast of Bermagui at the moment, and they are beautiful, and there's reasons behind the palate of them, and that he teaches you basically how all that, for example, works, and I like to give you a, a proper uh, example for myself, is the snapper that we eat, Pat, in the ocean is much nicer and just a cleaner tasting fish than what we catch in Port Phillip Bay, and that's because of what it feeds on. And that is, and I think that's a real importance of what the fish, uh, what fish we catch here in Victoria and around the country. For example, the whiting. If I catch them down the Port Phillip Bay heads, they are so much tastier and cleaner eating than what they are catching them at Clifton Springs. And this book will teach you everything about that. The recipes will include your raw, your cured, and pickled. So that's like your kingfish and your tuna and. I know in here, I'm pretty sure he eats whiting uh, raw. I know he does poached, fried, deep, shallow, and panned. He does a whiting Kiev pat, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, barbecue and grilling your fish, baked and roasted also. So this book literally has everything in it from looking after your fish, so from preparing it from the start, and that means from when you catch it, if you want to dry age it, like Sam did with the kingfish for 10 days, right through to your barbecues as well. So it covers nearly every fish you can possibly imagine, and it's, uh, I think... They're only 40 bucks, Pat. Where do, we get, where do we get it from? I looked online. I don't want to rip Josh off you. And I don't know Josh to save my life, but some of the online was 30 bucks. I think Dimmick said $50. Yep. But I think online you could order them online. nearly anything. But online's the way to go. But Dimmick's have them also for $50. But I don't yeah. know how much Josh gets of that. Reds review the whole fish. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. There's something you want to get off your chest before we go into uh, Red's tip to end off the show. Probably Redmond. going to get myself a $1,600 fine here, but I'm taking the punt. So during the week, well, last week we started with the boys. We all love cooking, I've said in the show. Yep. Sammy Goodwin's the best out of us. We'll let him have that. Can't fish, but he can cook. And basically what we're doing is we're taking turns from Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. We're cooking and doing deliveries. I spent the whole day cooking this beautiful roast lamb. I slow cook one for eight hours. Then the last two and a half hours, I put the other one on, cranked the heat up, dropped the height of them, so I crisped up the outside of the other one, but cooked the other one quicker. And then I dropped off to everyone Nice souvlaki's with my own homemade garlic sauce. Sam made fried chicken last night. It's my go again tonight and Sam's tomorrow and deliveries to the door. We all live in about 30 seconds from each other. Yeah, and you're not uh, coming into contact. You're just dropping them and moving. Dropping at the door. Keep your distance. 
It's time for Red's tip. <laughs> tip this week is download download House Party. I think <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure that there's warnings out there saying you can get hacked off it, but just ignore those warnings. Uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't been hacked yet. I use this all the, every single day. Yeah, let's let's uh, we'll we'll put in a, a, <laughs> a disclaimer. We'll put in a bit of disclaimer. If you get hacked, you cannot find anyone here at Real Adventures no. responsible. But it is one of the more enjoyable. It's and a great fun. app, isn't it? So can you just talk through with what it actually is? Yeah, it's just you download it's house app, uh, house party app, and it just on your normal uh, iTunes and or your Android, and basically it's just. You can play games with your friends, but you can have six of them on at once, and it's like FaceTime. It's pretty much FaceTime, but in an app, and you can play games. And, and people can join into. This like, is the best bit. People can so if if you and I are on house party, we can have a normal chat, and we can lock the room so just no one else can join. But if we don't lock the room, as I found out the hard way, you can leave it. So you leave it open, and anyone can come in and just click yep. in. And so your friends with say. Joel Salwood, he can just all of a sudden come in and talk. Oh, okay, Joel. <laughs> yep. Thanks for joining. And it is in, in in times like this where, you know, everyone's looking for a bit of a, a laugh, a little bit of an enjoyment. House Party is, um, it's a really enjoyable app. It's free to download and it is, I must admit, it's a real laugh. It is good fun. You haven't added me yet. Hey? You haven't added me yet. No, for, for good reason. <laughs> so House Party is Red's review for this week. No, it's Red's... <laughs> That's Red's tip for this one. Hurry up, give us the gas so we can go home. That was Red's tip for New Age Caravans. Take your caravan experience to the next level. New Age Caravans, designed for the road ahead. The flying gaff goes this week to you. You Again. <laughs> well, you've, you've just off the cuff before we started recording this morning, you said you've ordered 13 dozen oysters. Yeah, 13 dozen to my door. I arrived on Thursday. So there's officially no oysters left in the... Well, I'm supporting... The cats, Gary Rowan got two dozen out of that. Uh, Gibbsy took a couple dozen. I got four for myself. That's how many? How, what's four times 12? Next thing you're going to say, <laughs> you're eating, you only eat scotch fillet. You, my friend, have changed. All right, <laughs> this wraps up the show. Stay safe at home. Hopefully, we can get out of the water soon. Uh, this has been Real Adventures. We're in ISO. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.